0: This video is brought to you by Devout Decals, makers of reusable Catholic art for your home altar, your bedroom, and your home classroom. If there is one thing traditional Catholics have been saying since the promulgation of the new Mass in 1970, it's this, that what we've seen unfolding in the Church has been a new religion, not the Catholic religion. It is something else, and that is evident in the manner of worship that the Church promotes and its de facto suppression of the traditional liturgy since the 1970s. Today I have something incredible for you, an admission by one of the highest authorities in the church, that the new Mass represents a new religion, a new way of being church, and that it is incompatible with the Mass that developed organically over 1,900 years of church history, what gets called the traditional Latin Mass, or Tridentine Mass today. It's an incredible admission, because in so admitting, this the Roman authorities admit to heresy. Things are getting interesting, folks, so buckle up. Our story comes from the National Catholic Reporter, which is part of the Francis wing of Francis Church Media Operations. Roach accused those of us who want the same liturgy and same faith of our forebears of being individualists, which is pretty ironic, all things considered. His call for us to set aside our individual preferences and to stop being relativists. It's just mind-blowing. Quote, While the Church's prayer should not be a battlefield, Archbishop Roach told Catholic News Service it is understandable that people are passionate about it. The Eucharist is at the heart of what we are as Catholics. It is the thing to which we bring everything that's within us and from which we take everything in order to sustain us and to help us bear witness to Christ in the world in which we live, he said January 21st, during an interview in his office. The Mass also reflects what the Church is and believes, he says. So the right used is not simply a matter of personal preference or sensibility. I think one of the problems that we are facing today is that we are living in a very individualistic world, a very relativistic world, and where the individual preference promotes itself above the common good as the common expression, he said. I think that is a very dangerous thing, and it is something that, as Christians, we really need to take very careful note of. The Acts of the Apostles describes what it means for Christians to belong to the Church. They devoted themselves to the teaching of the apostles and to the communal life, to the breaking of bread, and to the prayers. Archbishop Roach said those four elements involve recognizing the authority the bishops in communion with the Pope have to govern the church, building up unity within the church, celebrating the Eucharist together, and praying alongside one another. The four elements go together, he said, and challenge what is relativistic, what is individualistic within our communities today. This is not the Pope's Mass. It's not my Mass. It's not your Mass. This is the Mass of the Church, the Archbishop said. This is what the Church has decided how we express ourselves as a community in worship, and how we imbibe from the books of the liturgy the doctrine of the Church. End quote. If I was an Eastern Rite Catholic, I'd be very worried with what he's saying here. But that's a to- another topic for another time. Roach dressed up lies with the truth. He's right. This should not be a matter of preference, and most of the things he said there about theology at the most basic level is correct. But this is not a matter of preference, not for us. Most traditional Catholics who made the switch from the new Mass to traditional worship will tell you that they did it to prevent their families from being swept up in the modern errors that are rife in the new form of worship, with its focus on man and inclusivity and dare we hope and all the rest of the modernist nonsense. It's not a matter of being individualistic, but rather submitting ourselves to what came before, to what was good enough for our forebearers before the 1960s, and recognizing that there is something seriously wrong in the Church today. There's nothing less individualistic than looking to how things had been done in the church in better times and submitting to that, rather to the whims and fads of the day like we're all being subjected to in our time. But this is not really about being individualistic. An incredible thing was admitted to by Roach. Remember, he is speaking on behalf of Francis. Every single thing he is saying was approved by Francis. And what he admitted to was masked in some terminology most Catholics won't use daily, so we need to dissect his next statement, which was probably the most revealing thing he could possibly have said. The problem isn't one of preference, it's an ecclesial problem and a theological one. Meaning, the differences before, the Council, and after are theological, and on the nature of what the Church itself is, it's what ecclesiology is. Quoting the Archbishop, The difference between the pre-Vatican II and post-Vatican II Masses, he said, are not simply the use of Latin, chant, silence, and the direction the priests face. The promotion of the pre-Vatican II liturgy as somehow more holy or prayerful than the current liturgy is not basically a liturgical problem, it's an ecclesial problem, the, tr- the archbishop said. The current mass, with a richer selection of prayers <laughs> and of scripture readings, okay, reflects and reinforces the church's understanding of itself as the people of God. That which was given to us by the Council, which classified, concretized the teaching of the Church about itself and its understanding of the role of the baptized and the importance of the Eucharist and the sacramental life of the Church, is not without significance for the future of the Church, he said. And the bishops gathered for the Second Vatican Council under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, he said... (laughs) This is the direction in which we are going, Archbishop Roach said. So, Traditionus Custodus is really a call to take the unity of the church, our being together for the celebration of the breaking of the bread, and the prayer very, very seriously indeed. End quote. Alright, I couldn't say go through most of what he said without laughing, because most of that is just nonsense on its face. But what he was saying there is pretty simple. It's a different religion. At the council, they decided to change the faith, and it is the duty of every Catholic to submit in the name of unity to the papal claimants' call for unity around that new religion. That's what Roach is saying. Because when you change the ecclesiology, you change the faith. It's an incredible thing to be admitting. The core concept here is ecclesiology. A simple definition of ecclesiology is the theological study of the Catholic Church, its nature and organization, as described in Revelation or in philosophy. At Vatican II, there was a fundamental shift in the understanding of ecclesiology. Prior to Vatican II, the Church understood itself in terms of the sacraments and as the mystical body of Christ with its focus on the mystery of faith and the salvific role of the Church as it played itself in the world. After Vatican II, the ecclesiology changed to a focus on the empowerment of the laity and the relationship of the Church in the new social order of the world. The focus became less frankly mysterious and less salvific, Hence, the sudden appearance of the language of accompaniment and dialogue and the de-emphasis on spreading the gospel. That is my best attempt at neutrally describing the two different visions of the church before and after the council. And it's based on an essay by Daniel Hauser on the ecclesiology of the church. That can be found on EWTN's website, so this is not from some radical fringe source. And I have it linked in my show notes today at return to tradition.org. That's the name of this podcast with the .org. Just look for the post with today's video title in it and you'll see it all there. But here's the main point. Roche is saying that the liturgy is the orandi of the faith, and that the traditional liturgy as orandi, is not compatible with the modern ecclesiology of the Church. Let's dig a little deeper. What is the orandi? It's merely shorthand for orandi, lex credendi, lex vivendi. As we worship, so we believe, so we live. An article on catholic.org, another not radical website at all, describes it thusly, quote, Liturgical worship is not an add-on for a Catholic Christian. It is the foundation of Catholic identity, expressing our highest purpose. Worship reveals what we truly believe and how we view ourselves in relationship to God, one another, and the world into which we are sent to carry forward the redemptive mission of Christ. How the church worships is a prophetic witness to the truth of what she professes. Good worship becomes a dynamic means of drawing the entire human community into the fullness of life in Jesus Christ. It attracts through beauty to beauty. If Roach is saying that the traditional Mass is not compatible with the Church today, then what he is saying is that the new Mass represents a different way of worship, a different set of beliefs, and a different way that Catholics are to live than what the Church taught through its liturgy for the previous 1,900 years of her history. That is a gigantic statement to make, folks, and he made it. Words have meaning, and when we understand the link between Lex and Ecclesiology, then we begin to know what the modernists have been trying to tell us for some time now, that they, that what they have done for us is functionally a new faith, a new religion, different than the old, different than what our forebears in the faith all had. But what that is is an omission of is them all admitting to being heretics and apostates. As such, you have no duty to follow them. The irony here is rich. Remember, Roach said that we are being individualistic by submitting ourselves to the authority of the church over the past 1900 years and wanting to worship the way all the saints of the West worshipped before the disasters of Vatican II and their new religion. Somehow, we're being individualistic, and it's not the modernists. Apparently, it's us. Again, it's pretty rich. I'm not the only one sort of amused by this. Dr. Peter Kwasniewski, writing over at Rorate Celi, had a sharp retort to Archbishop Roach's comments. Quote, Are traditionalists really individualists who exalt their personal preferences above the church's common liturgy? Or is it rather the Novus Ordo that has privileged clerical choices and community preferences for five decades? The old liturgy consistently bears witness to a common faith and worship across the ages and around the world. It possesses a durable, diachronic unity and a sensible, synchronic unity. The phenomenon of Father so-and-so's Mass generally happens only in the realm of the Novus Ordo because of all the options and interpretations and loose rubrics, which can make two Masses radically different from each other even at the same parish on the same morning. No wonder Catholics choose between Father pious fiddleback and Father look at me ad They are compelled to make a choice between those who make choices. The loser here is the Christi persona that should shine through and dominate. End quote. One of the things pretty much any Catholic who attends strictly the traditional liturgy will tell you is that the priest almost always disappears in the traditional Mass, except at his homily, because the priest doesn't have the ability to ad-lib his Mass. He follows the rubrics strictly. That's not to say there haven't been liturgical abuses in the traditional Mass. There certainly were. I mean, most offenders of the New Mass will happily give you a litany of the of them that happened in the years leading to the New Mass, Not mentioning that after the promulgation of the new mass, these priests usually became the biggest champions of the new mass. But hey, you know, whatever. But any priest who takes their duty seriously won't do that sort of thing. The new mass is built for ad-libbing and customizing. And since Traditionus Custodus, when a priest tries to say it reverently, they get hammered by their bishop. That's happened more times than I care to count. And I reported on it numerous examples of just that happening. It happens all the time. The spirit of the age permeates the man-made liturgy of Bugnini, and growing numbers of Catholics want their ancestors' worship for themselves. And Rome cannot have it, because it means the authentic faith is surviving. I'm going to finish this up with a thought from Dom Prosper-Geringer. He was the preeminent mind of the 19th century church. He was one of the great theologians of our time, basically, of the modernist period. As its leading theologian, he offered some of the most poignant analyses of the feast days and readings of the year, and I featured his work on this channel many times. On the question of liturgy and submitting to the bad ideas of bishops or even papal claimants, in all things, even on changing the liturgy, Don Prosper-Geringer had this to say, quote, When the shepherd becomes a wolf, the first duty of the flock is to defend itself. The true children of Holy Church at such times are those who walk by the light of their baptism, not the cowardly souls who... "...under the specious pretext of submission to the powers that be, delay their opposition to the enemy in the hope of receiving instructions which are neither necessary nor desirable." Quote. In other words, the true children of our Lord are those who resist the errors and fight back, not the ones who sit there waiting for a reprieve from the wolves and vipers in Rome. Do not mistake in the necessity of submitting to legitimate rules from Rome with having to submit to all things, even errors. They can, and since the council are often in error. It's simply no way of getting around that fact. Do not submit to them and back up all people fighting them, be they laity, good priests, and good bishops. And put aside our internal differences, because this is not the time for that sort of thing. What did you think of all this? Is this admission from Roche surprising? Are the modernists feeling so bold that they'll only use slightly complicated language like ecclesiology to mask the full weight of what they're saying when they brazenly admit to changing the faith? Let me know in the comments, please, and like and subscribe if you haven't. It really does help. And as always, pray for the church. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.